Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. We really need to be told this. And my answer is, is yes, because all of those things I just said. Because that's why we're blessed. We're blessed because we follow biblical giving. We're blessed because we prioritize biblical giving in this church. And our church is blessed because we do that. And it would be completely unfair of me as your pastor to not present to us on a regular basis how our individual finances can be blessed by following the same principles of Scripture in our individual lives. And so that is why we do it. We do it because we believe in the Bible and because we believe that what God says is true and we want desperately for not just our church as a whole to be blessed, but I want you to be blessed. There is nothing in scripture that speaks against being financially blessed. There are scriptures, some of them may be mentioned tonight or throughout this month, that talk a lot about money, and we'll use a lot of those scriptures. But none of them just come out and say, no apostolic Pentecostal is ever supposed to have any money. Or you're always supposed to live just paycheck to paycheck, stressed out, anxiety-filled, That's the evidence of being a true, faithful Pentecostal. That is not correct. It's not correct at all. But there are principles by which God will honor. And if we choose not to follow those principles, that's our choice. But if we choose to, God will bless us, and it would be irresponsible of me as your pastor to just never talk about this kind of stuff. And so we do it every year like we do a lot of things every year. If you pay attention to the calendar, if you've been around here for a while, you probably have started to pick up on some of those routine things that we hit every year. Someone asked me one time why we do that. I say, because when you're a growing church, people need to hear it that have never heard it before. Amen? Amen. If we just decided to stagnate and be the same, the same number of people for the next 20 years, we wouldn't have to do that because we would all figure it out, learn it, and just do that. But that's not who we are, is it? No, we're growing and God is blessing and we're tremendously blessed. However, because I have done this now for many years in a row, <laughs> for many years in a row, you have heard me get up and talk about some of these subjects. I have asked a few people Uh, I will teach on some of them this month, but I've asked a few other people to teach on some of the other subjects, just so you can hear somebody different and uh, hear some of their points of view on it. And Pastor Brahm is coming tonight, and he's going to be talking to us this first lesson. Let's welcome him as he comes. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Give me one second while I get my laptop set up. It is good to be in the house of God tonight. I do want to give honor to the team who worked so great back there with all the snacks. Let's give it up for the people who helped get all the snacks back there and served and cleaned up. Thank you so much for that tonight. Uh, As Pastor Cox mentioned, we are talking about money. Everyone say money. 
talking about money in the church, and everyone take a big breath and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We can talk about money. And uh, what I was doing, some of the research to start off the series, we're talking about tithing tonight. Uh, what, what does the Bible say about tithing? One of the things that I was kind of looking into, the Bible talks about money over 2,000 different times. It's referenced in the Bible. 2,000 plus times in the entire Bible talks about money of some kind. And so I would think of it, if it's that important to God, we should study it. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles 29 as I'm getting ready to go into the series today. I will say if you are a note taker, there will be a lot of notes. There will be a lot of scriptures, a lot of references that we'll be going through. Um, so I'm going to be going through quick through some of it. We'll kind of pause through a portion of it as well. Um, but So make sure you're ready to go. 1 Chronicles 29 verses 6 through 17. It says, Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of the thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly. Everyone say willingly. And gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents, 10,000 drams, and of silver 10,000 talents, and of brass 18,000 talents, and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel. Then the, the, uh, verse 9, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly. Everyone say willingly. To the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly? Everyone say willingly. Willingly, willingly after this sword. For all things come of thee. He's saying, everything comes from you, God, so we're going to be offering it willingly, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as we are all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord, our God, all of this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart. Everyone say, tries the heart. And has pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly, everyone say willingly. I have willingly offered all of these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. So you can, you can kind of find a common word throughout that entire passage of Scripture, and you can guess what it is. It's willingly, right? That was a key, ver a key portion of Scripture. You see David here was talking about how they were, they were willing to give up of their finances, they were willing to give up their talents, willingly. They were not forced to, by, they, weren't, they weren't forced to do that, but they were willing to do that. And so it is my desire tonight to talk about how we give uh, financially in God's kingdom. It's important how we give our finances to God. It's important how we give it to the church body, okay? And so we're going to be kind of going through a lot of scripture tonight. So again, like I said, please be ready to take notes if you are a note taker. Um, and you know, if, if talking about money in church makes you uneasy, like I said, it's going to be okay. 
The Bible talks a lot about money, um, and you know there there are right ways and there are wrong ways to handle uh, God's money. But at the end of the day, we are all stewards of the money God gives us, right? We are all good stewards of this money. So this topic should not make you feel uneasy because I'm going to give you guys all a news flash, and this is this may really shock you, but it takes money to be alive today, right? So we have to have money to live. So this is, something that, this is not a topic that's new to anyone here. We understand that. And so uh, the question some may ask is, why would we give to the church? Uh, you know, if the church is doing so well, we heard Pastor Cox talk about that tonight. If the church is doing so well, why should we give to the house of God? Why should we give to the church? And the first thing is, uh, if you were a part of our business meeting uh, a couple nights ago, I saw a line item that said our trash was over $1,000 a year to pay for our trash, to take our trash from here, to take it to the landfill. The church needs finances to operate. Like when you go to your house and you pay your mortgage, which you know we all love to pay our mortgage, you pay your electricity, your gas, you pay all those things, you do it because it's a necessity, right? We have to do that. The church can operate by your finances, by God, by you operating, by giving according to the scriptures to the church body. And so uh, as in anything, the lights that are running in this building, it takes money to run everything we do here. And you know, if, you're, if you've been part of our church for a while, you realize that we do have a lot of ministries that are going on that are not happening just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but the majority of the time of the, of the week, we have ministries going on on a daily basis, if not multiple times a week here. And it costs a lot of money to heat this building. It costs a lot of money to uh, air condition the building in summer, right? So we understand that when we talk about money, we realize it takes money to run everything. Everyone say amen. Also, let's be clear, it does take money because the way God, and we're going to talk about this tonight, when it comes to uh, our pastor and his family, let's be very honest, when you pay your tithing to the church body, it helps support our pastor and his family, right? God has called Pastor Cox and his family to this church to minister to be our pastor, and that is God's, it is God's process to allow your tithing to allow, their, allow them to have a living, Right? It would not be fair of us to say, well, we're not going to give our money to tithing because we don't want you to get paid, Pastor Cox. We want our pastor to stay here. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 And so uh, you may say, well, God can take care of them. Sure, God will take care of them. God will take care of you too, right? We can put our faith in God, but also we understand there's a process for this. There's a process to be a biblical giver. And so uh, tonight we're talking about the tithe. Uh, and so we're going to be talking in the next few weeks about offerings and sacrificial giving and uh, a few different things there. Uh, but you notice in 1 Chronicles 29.1, it says, Furthermore, David, the king, said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and, and the work is great. For the palace meaning temple, is not for man, but for the Lord God. So when you ask the question, why do we give to the church? It's because, yes, this has four walls and it has flooring and all those other things in here. But yes, it's a, it's a physical asset, but it is God's house. This is the place that God is worshipped here, right? We understand that. And so when you say, why would we give to the church? It's because we can worship God freely in the church body and we have fellowship with, with, with our friends and our neighbors here. We can worship God together. And so, you know, you may need to kind of think about, instead of calling this just like, you know, we got to pay the heat bill this month. I'm going to give my tithe so we can pay for this remodel or this thing going on. Let's change our mindset and say, I want to give my tithing because I know this is going to God's house. This is going to God's house, and that's a great way to look at when you're giving of your tithes and offering. 
And so, uh, and you know, that's why we always are going to refer to this place as the house of God. This is this place is for our benefit, right? Raise your hand if you've ever been benefited or blessed by God in this building or the building back where we were on 119 State Street, right? We've all been blessed by God and we've all, been, we've all benefited from being here. And so let's just be clear. We come here to worship God and part of our worship is in our offerings and in our giving. Amen? We can worship God in giving. Everyone say amen to that. Amen. amen. And so uh, make sure we view this. And I, I really just stress that one last, one last time. If you struggle to give of, your, of an offering or a tithe, you maybe have the wrong viewpoint. This is God's house, right? This is God's house. And uh, the other thing I was going to mention when we went through the whole portion of Scripture in Second Chronicles, they used the word willingly a bunch. A part of God's process for giving biblically is simply this. It is a willing heart. You are not being forced by anyone to give a dollar to this church, but it is out of our heart that we're saying, I am ready to give willingly to the house of God. I'm willing, willing to give, ready to give back to this place. And so, uh, you know, I'm not saying anyone in this room has this attitude here, but, you know, you, you could also say it along the lines, well, you should, you should just be happy that you get my money, Pastor. You should just be happy that the church bills are paid, Pastor. Well, you know, you can, you can think of it that way, right? You can think about things where you're saying, yeah, you know, the church is happy we have your money, but however, let's think about it the other way. The blessings of God are so real when we give up of our own finances that God already gave us. God provided us an income for us to give back to the church, right? And so when we start saying, you know, just be happy with what you got, we need to get a different mindset, we got to get a revelation and saying God already gave us, he, God's the provider of all, this, all the, of all these things, so let's go ahead and give willingly to the house of God. Because giving with the wrong attitude changes the process of God's blessing. When we give cheerfully and willingly, it pleases the Lord. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, everyone say every man. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, right? So let him give as is a part of his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We always talk about how God loves a cheerful giver, and God does love a cheerful giver. And let's me just pause for a second. We should honestly be un understand that God wants you to be a cheerful giver. But when you are giving out of necessity, you're giving grudgingly, God's not pleased with that. He wants you to be a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. What if God dis, uh, dispensed his grace grudgingly to us? Think about that for a second. We always stop at the cheerful giver. We always stop there, but then, then it says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. I am so grateful in my life that God is not giving me his grace grudgingly or just because, you know what, I'm just going to help him out because he's, he failed again. Shocker, right? But it says he has given us all grace abound toward you, and I am so grateful that God does that. Amen? And so how much we give, whether we give it sparingly or bountifully, it matters. You can give a small amount with a, really, with a willing heart, and God's going to bless that. You can also give a large sum of money with a grudging, heart, or a grudging spirit, and God's not going to be very happy with your offering, 
right? So the amount really doesn't matter. It's the spirit behind the giving. That's how, that, that's what matters to God. And so whether we give grudgingly or cheerfully, it, it does matter. First Chronicle reminds us that we are not giving God anything he did not already own. He said, for all things come of thee and of thine own, uh, and of thine own have we given thee. Cometh of thine hand. And so when we went through the whole portion in Second, uh, Second Chronicles, you realize that it kept talking about how God is the provider of all things. God, God has allowed us to have income through our jobs or however the income comes in for you. However God's blessed you with that, that is God's money. It is God's resources already. We are just the stewards of those finances, right? And so if we give grudgingly, we are giving God's money back that he gave us grudgingly. Now, I'm not going to talk about, you know, the people who, you know, have you ever gotten a Christmas gift from someone and they're like, yeah, you know, but it's a gift you gave them last year, but they're giving it back to you type of a deal. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, you thought it was a great gift for someone, but they forgot that you gave it to them and you got it again. Like, let's be clear. It's, it's probably happened and maybe you've done it before. I don't know. I could probably say I've probably done it before. I don't know. But when we give gifts, it matters with, our, with the intention, with the spirit behind it, right? It matters for that. And so, and we also got to realize that God provides us everything. We, we remember that God has it first, and he allowed the finances to come to us. When you get, when you get past the idea that I'm the one who is bringing, bringing the income in, I'm the one who has the talent, I'm the one who has all the resources, you have, you have a, a wrong view of how you receive money how you receive finances. That is not true. God has given you talents. God has given you giftings. He has given you ability to do all these things for you to, to, to provide an income for you, yourself or your family. Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 says, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand had gotten me this wealth, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. That's a really just uh, kind of an in-your-face scripture, where it literally says, and thou say in your heart that my power is because of my power and the might of my own hand that I've gotten this money, these resources, these, these, these financial resources, and that's just not true right? It's our flesh that says, my power in my hand got me this. It's, it's our pride saying, yeah, God, I know I'm really good at building these things. I'm really good at numbers. I'm really good at doing whatever it might be. We, we think that we are the ones that have that. And that's just not true. God has given us the gifting. He has given us the ability to what you, is now allowing you to provide an income through your own giftings, Right? So you have, you, know, you have to have a different viewpoint and say, yes, God is the one who's given us his giftings and we're grateful for that. But you have to remember, he also gives you the financial resources as well. This money is not ours. It's God's. We are just stewards of it. Right? We are just stewards of this. The, re the, the reality is that all good things are God things. Money is not a bad thing. Right? Your mortgage company does not view money in a bad light when you pay your mortgage every month. They're excited when you go see them on the first of the month, right? And so we have got to realize that simply that money is a good thing when it's stewarded correctly. When it's given to the church correctly, when it's used correctly, it is a good thing. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, right? You see, every good gift, money is a good gift from God, 
It is something that we, are, that we absolutely need. But there's a lot more good gifts that God gives us than just our financial resources, right? But the one thing we have to realize is that we understand that God is unchanging. It began with God. This world, this entire place began with God and it's going to end with God. God is unchanging. Scripture is unchanging. And let me just be, we'll pause here for a second and just simply say, if God was blessing the finances of those before us, it's still right for us today. If God gave us a, a biblical principle of how to give financially to the church and to the house of God, we should follow those same pathways. We should follow the same pathways that our King David is talking about, how he's going to give willingly to the house of God. He's going to give willingly to these things. Because if God is unchanging and Scripture is unchanging, we should follow these principles. The principles should never change. The, the, the Word of God doesn't change, so we should not have a, a, a different viewpoint of money than what the Bible says. We should follow what the Bible says when it comes to finances. What, God, what caused God to bless them then will still bring blessings today. What blessed them in the Bible, in King David's day, in Paul's day, and all these other things, what, what blessed them then will still bless us today. I want to know what moves God's hand to bless. And it is with a cheerful heart. It is giving with a willing spirit, a willing heart. Those are the things that will help, that God will bless our finances. When we went through the first Chronicles 29, it talked about how David wanted to build a house for the Lord. Uh, if you go through the whole story of David, when they're talking about this temple, yeah, you realize quickly that he wanted to build a house for the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant to rest into this house. But yet the Bible says that he was not allowed to because he was a man of war. And it said that a lot of blood was shed by David's hands. So you can imagine the King David here, he wanted to be a part of this, this whole process of building this, one of the most incredible temples that have ever been built, one of the most incredible houses of God that have ever been built, but God says, yeah, but you just can't do it, David. Can you imagine, I would assume he'd be disappointed. He had, he had a passion, he had a vision, he had all these things from God, he had all the plans laid out, or he could build this and do all this, and it was, it was incredible. But God says, you can't do that, David. Your son Solomon is the one who's going to do that. But that just because David was not able to physically build the temple, even though he was not able to physically do all the work there, he still connected himself to the house of God and he gave financially of his resources and talents as much as he possibly could. He began calling up upon people to begin to get all the materials on site, all the, the certain amount of ounces for the gold and the silver and the bowls and all these things. He, he started compiling all the materials it took to actually build that. I read out of the King James Version mostly, but if you look at verse, 1 Chronicles 29.3 in the New King James Version, it says, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. David didn't just collect from the people. He was the king. He could have just said, we're going to take a sacrificial offering up today, and we're going to build this temple with your money. But of course, any good leader understands you lead by example. And also, when you understand the biblical principles behind giving, David said, I want to have the blessings of God upon my life as I build the holy temple, this, this massive temple. I want the blessings of God to be upon me. And so David didn't just connect himself just with all the getting the materials and getting all those things organized, but he gave above more and above all, it says. 
he gave his own resources to help build the temple of God. And I'm going to go back to my last statement. If it was good enough for King David to be blessed by God, to give to the house of God, it will be a blessing to us when we give to the house of God with a willing spirit. Amen. He, he, he could have just asked all the soldiers, all the people around him, hey, just give us, give us all the money you can. Just help us build this thing. But he said, I'm going to build this myself. Because we realize if you are going to believe giving according to the Bible, there is not one person who is exempt from giving God's money back to the house of God. There is not a title that you can receive in the kingdom of God that says, I'm going to get all these resources from God, but I'm not going to give it back to God. Every person, there is, every single person is absolutely required and God is asking us to give towards the kingdom of God. And, you know, to be, to be very clear, every person in our leadership team of this church, we ask them to tithe and give to the church body. Because we know as leaders in this church that you cannot lead people closer to God if we are not following all of the biblical commandments in here, right? And money is a part of that. A lot of times when you start talking about money in churches, people get really quiet and get really scared of what they're going to ask for. And listen, Pastor Cox does not have a 747 jet in his house, okay, outside there. He, he, he's not taking all this to do crazy things, okay? We believe in the ministry of God. We believe that God is changing lives in this area, and it takes financial resources to do this. To change lives, you know, we just heard the, at, at our business meeting a couple days ago, Brother Cox, uh, Pastor Cox made a comment on a Sunday morning. He said, I believe that, that through your giving, God, through you guys giving sacrificially, that we can raise up to $1,200 to help cover our Alter Recovery Trauma Reboot Series. And praise God, $1,150 came in on Sunday morning in the offering because God moved upon the people of God to give to the kingdom of God to let ministry go forward. That's an absolute miracle. But let's be clear, it was God orchestrating all of that and moving through his people. $1,000 is not a lot of money to God. We know that he, he, he owns everything. But he wants to know, will the people of God give willingly to the great causes of the church, to the, to the lost souls of Mankato and, and this whole region? Are we ready to give financially to that? And so when you, when you talk about this temple, it was definitely one of, it was perhaps one of the greatest ever, uh, greatest temples ever built upon this entire earth. And, uh, you know, talking through, if you read through some of the ideas of how much it would cost to build this temple today, you know, inflation is getting really high right now. So who knows what it's really actually going to be. But we're looking between three to six billion dollars to build this temple that they built back in the day for the, the, the temple. That's a lot of money. It takes a lot of resources to do this. But God has his people who can give willingly. God will always use people to bless the kingdom of God. And in turn, it will bless them tremendously. So how do they build something that was valued, you know, in our, in our terms, three to six billion dollars? How could they actually build something like that? So 1 Chronicles 29, 14 through 17 says, But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sword? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as, we, as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee at a house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand. It came from the hand of God and is his own deal. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart. Everyone say, tries the heart. 
that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all of these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. David invited the people to give to the, to the building of God's house. They, give, they gave willingly and from upright hearts. They had the right spirit behind their giving. There is something about a heart that is willing to give to God. And let's be clear, when you are willing to give back to God and give back to the kingdom of God, God can take what you give and turn it into so much more. You may be able to give $20 out of your bank account and you say, that's all I got, preacher. Well, praise God. Give it with a willing heart, with a cheerful heart, and God can take that $20 and manifest itself into a whole lot more because it is God's resources in the beginning. You go through the whole, if you read through the whole thing of First Chronicles, they, they gave silver, they gave gold, but they all understood in Haggai 2.8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. They gave of the silver, they gave of the gold, they gave of all these resources, but they understood they were not the ones who were able to just pick it up and say, I got this gold. They understood that it was already God's money. It was already God's money. You know, the quote we can always say is that I am not an owner of these financial resources. I am merely a steward of these financial resources. We do not own anything. It is all God's in the first place. And so when you realize that, when you, when you realize that when, when you're talking about stewardship, it's talking about managing of one's resources, managing of their financial resources. That is what God is asking us to do, is to be good stewards of what he is blessing us and giving to us. He wants us to be good stewards of this. And one of the ways to be good stewards of this is talking about a biblical tithe. Talking about what does the Bible say about tithing, which is 10% of your income, of all your increase, the Bible says. Right, And so when you understand that God can take whatever he has already given us, and when, when, when we give it back to God willingly, he can take that and multiply that. But we have, we have got to be good stewards of these resources. We have got to be good stewards of this. We realize that if our heart is connected to God, Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord with all of your heart. If our heart is connected to our treasures, which it says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then let's be clear. If our heart, if we should love the Lord with all of our heart and where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Our treasure should be also connected to our God. If we love the Lord with all of our heart, and then the Bible says, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Those two things should be connected. Our treasure should be connected to our God. And so let's take a look at some biblical tithing. What does the Bible actually say about tithing? And is it still relevant for us in 2022? So what is a biblical tithe? Malachi 3, 8 through 11 says, will a man rob God? Yet he have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of the hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heavens and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. 
and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall, you, shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So he says, wherein have we robbed you, God? And he responded quickly, in your tithes and offerings. God has given us free will. Everyone say free will. God has given us free will, but our decisions have consequences still the same. When we don't give to God, his word declares, not, not myself, not our leadership team, not our pastor, but the word of God says if we do not give back to God, his word declares that we rob God. You're not robbing the local church. You are robbing God himself. That is the Bible that says that. That is not our, our motto here. It's what the Bible says. And if you are to be, we, we've gone through a whole series of apostolic DNA. We have one more, one, one more session on that. And if you are going to be apostolic, you have got to believe every word of the Bible. And so when we withhold our offerings, we withhold our tithing, we are robbing not the local church, but we are robbing God himself. So the question is, how can I rob God if he owns it all already? Well, simply put, he gave it to us with opportunity to give some of it back to him right? He owns everything, but he gave us the opportunity to receive an income of some kind and the increase in our life. And he said, I am blessing you with this increase. I'm blessing you with this, with this financial increase. So I want to ask you to give me back 10% of this. That's what a biblical tithe is, is 10% of the increase. Everyone say increase. God is looking for obedience to this. He wants you to give with a willing heart. He wants you to be a cheerful giver. And he wants, to be, wants you to be obedient to the word of God. Because when we refuse that, we rob him. You realize God has given us this process as a way to bless us. He wants to see, are you going to be good stewards with these resources I'm giving you? Are you going to be a good steward for what I, I have provided for you and your family? Are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? And if you do... I've already given you an increase, but I'm also going to bless you if you give it the right way back to the kingdom of God. That's how good God is when we give, give back to God correctly. But he is asking us, he wants us to be good stewards of the increase he is giving us. And that is what this is all about, is he wants us to be good stewards. It's scripture that opens our understanding of what's going on with our money. We realize that with our money, it can be blessed by God opening the windows of heaven on us. But it can be cursed by the devourer, the Bible says, stealing it away from us. It can be blessed by God. He can open up the windows of heaven upon your finances, upon your life. He can do all those things when you give with a cheerful heart and you give it willingly. But it can also be cursed by the devourer who is trying to steal it from us. Because again, he's given us free will. Everyone say free will. He has given us free will. And no matter what you choose, right or wrong, there's always, there's always consequences for actions, good or bad. There's always, a, there's always a way to have that. And so let me just be very clear tonight. I want no part of anything that can steal God's blessings in my life, in my family, in my marriage. I want no part of anything that can steal God's blessings from me. And let's be clear, this is not a fear tactic to say, I, we want all your money tonight. Speaking of that, let's open up our wallets, open up our purses. Ushers come, right? I'm not trying to make a fearful tactic, a fearful thing. I'm just trying to make us clear, this is the word of God speaking to us. 
This is what God is saying. You can be blessed or it can be cursed. And I can just tell you, I want to give my, the, the resources God gives me willingly and cheerfully so God can bless it and multiply it and bring blessings back into my own life. That's how I want to give back to the kingdom of God and the house of God. This is what scripture talks about when we're talking about giving. It's all about with a cheerful heart, the right spirit behind it. You can give us $10,000 tonight, we'll receive it. But if you give it with a, with a heart that is just grudgingly and say, I really don't want to do this, you're missing out on a blessing from God yourself, and now you're out $10,000. Right? I would rather give with a cheerful heart because God said, hey, give an offering to the church. Give, pay your tithes to the church, and I'm going to bless you tremendously. So let's just be clear. It's all about the spirit inside of what you are offering back to the kingdom of God. And God knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows all these different things. And so I want to give cheerfully back to God because, because again, God has done so much for us. He has given us so much things. And if, there's, you know, if you say, preacher, that sounds really great, but I don't know what he's given us. He has given up his only life, right? He, has, he, he died on the cross for all of our sins. He gave up his, his, his physical life so we could have life, the Bible says, and life more abundantly. Those are the things, those are the blessings of God. And you say, preacher, that's not enough for me. He is creating a home called heaven where if you, are, if you repent and you are baptized in Jesus' name and you receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and you're living a righteous life, you will be called home to heaven. And that is our ultimate reward right there. I don't care how much I give here. I want to make it to heaven. I want to make it home to see my Lord face to face. I want to see him in heaven. I just want to follow what the Bible says about something that's so important. It's mentioned over 2,000 times in scripture. I want to follow what the Bible says about that. There are some people that, uh, you know, I, throughout the work here, I think Pastor Cox mentioned this last year, but I, I thought it would be relevant to bring back this year is talking about John D. Rockefeller, America's first billionaire. He's worth $760 billion at his death. This was part of an interview he gave. It says, he, he answered the question, yes, I tithe. And I would like to tell you how it all came about. He says, I had begun to work as a small boy to help support my mother. My first wages amounted to $1.50 per week. The first week after I went to work, I took the $1.50 home to, to show my mother and she held the money in her lap and explained to me that she would be happy if I would give a tenth of it to the Lord. He, he says in, in, in this interview, I did. And from that week until this day, I have tithed every dollar God has entrusted to me. And I want to say, if I had not tithed the first dollar I made, I would not have tithed the first million dollars I made. And he says, tell your readers to train the children to tithe, and they will grow up to be faithful stewards of the Lord. This is not a man that was a Pentecostal preacher. He was not a, a pastor. He understood the blessings of God, that all these resources God is blessing him with. He understood that there is so much promise and blessing when you tithe it back to God. The late billionaire Sir, uh, Sir John Templeton said he had this to say about tithing and money management. He, he, in his work of life, he, he worked daily with people looking to get more out of their money. And one thing he said was, I have observed 100,000 families over my years of investment counseling. I always saw greater prosperity and happiness among those families who tithe than among those who didn't. 
He probably did not have a full old Bible study on giving God's way. He just happened to be working with a lot of people who had money and who had a lot or had a little bit of money. And he just happened to notice the trend of the people who gave willingly, who gave their tithes to a church. They seem to have more prosperity and more happiness in their life. And I find that interesting because, again, they're not he's not a pastor. He's not a preacher. He was just an investment person. But he noticed this trend. You go, to, uh, the, you, you go back to here, with, with the Israelites are back in the promised land, and they have used everything they had to build their own houses. And the house of God, the temple, is still in ruins. Haggai 1, 3 through 7, it says, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He's saying, for you that earn wages, you earn wages to put it into a bag with holes, meaning it's, it's dripping out, it's leaking out because you are not being a steward of this. But then it says, consider your ways. The Lord is saying, consider your ways with this. So the question you got to ask is, if, if, if the scripture is saying that there's ways to have a leaking bag, a bag with holes in it, and you're earning these wages, and you're not, having any, you're not having much left over, or not enough to even live by, it seems like, how can I stop this? Simply put, learn how to give God's money biblically. If you want to have that leaking bag, as the Bible says, with the holes in it, if you want that to be stopped and plunged up, look at what Scripture says about giving. Learn about it, about tithing. The whole issue of tithing is lordship. Tithing is recognizing that we have a Lord over us. For people who say they have a problem with the biblical tithing, it more than likely means, this may seem really blunt, I apologize for this, but it usually means there's a piece of pride in their life that they're not really ready to submit their entire life to God and say, Lord, I'm ready for you to be over my life, my finances, my marriage. If you have a hard time tithing, that's probably some pride in a heart, right? Because tithing is simply recognizing that we have a Lord over us, a God over us. The principle of tithing is spoken of many times in Scripture. The first time in Scripture, the, the, the word is used in Leviticus 27.30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Everyone say it's the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Here we find where it says the tithe is a tenth. Tithing is 10% is of our increase to God's work. But you find, I find it interesting on, the, on this scripture, it's still up there, where it says, and all the tithe of the land, whether the, of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. They're already recognizing that this tenth, this tithe that they're talking about, is already the Lord's. It is already God's. It is holy unto the Lord. So you say, okay, preacher, this, this sounds great. I'm seeing scripture. I see Bible. I want to follow this. So I want to give my 10% to God. But how can I give my 10% to God? God has not manifested himself in flesh recently. I can't hand it to him on a Sunday morning. So how can I give it back to God? 
Well, the truth is you can't give it back to him physically. If he robes himself in flesh, that's a pretty cool thing. But as we understand scripture, as we understand what it is today, you cannot give it back to him in a physical manner. So the only way we can give, according to the Bible, we can biblically say that we can give a tithe to God's house. Malachi 3 says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. We already read Malachi 3, but it says, bring all of the tithes into the storehouse. All the tithes simply means the whole tithe, the whole increase, right? And storehouse means the rooms in the temple where the tithes were kept. Now, in 2022, we do not have a storehouse, so to speak, where our tithing is just kept in one little room. We operate by giving it in an offering plate. We have a box back there. We give it back to God's kingdom, and we designate it for the tithe, right? And I'm just going to clear the air real quick on this. It is important that we designate it as the tithe. Sometimes we say, you know what? I'm going to give 10%, but I want to give 10% towards altar recovery this month. I want to give, I want, I want to direct God's money because I want to have the ownership of where this goes. That is not a biblical concept. That goes back into a pride thing where you don't trust God with these things. When you say, I do not want to give my tithe, I want to give it directly to this cause, that is not of God. God is asking for us to give a tithe to God's house and let the, let the church, let the pastor, let the, let the house of God direct these funds to ministry and to care for the pastor and, and care for all these, of all these other needs. But we can't direct that we have to give a tithe to it, a 10% of the increase. And I'm not saying you can't give to charities. Please give to charities. I'm not saying you can't give to altar recovery and all these other ministries in our church. You can give to all those things, but make sure you give your first fruits, your tithe, your 10% of the increase directly to God's house first, and then you can do all your other giving, right? So we do not distribute God's money however we feel like it. That is not a biblical way to do that. Control, of, control over the tithe is a sign of an unsubmitted heart. If we want to control where these funds go to, you might want to check your heart. If we feel like we don't trust God, we don't trust whatever, we got to check our heart for where your treasures are, right? There your heart is also, where your treasures are. And so you realize, simply put, that tithing is seen in the very beginning, long before the Old Testament law. It was incorporated into, into the Old Testament law. Its principles were carried over into the New Testament. We can see it all the way back into the Garden of Eden. Of all the trees you can freely eat. Listen, Eden, you can eat all these trees. You can eat you, whatever you want to do, but there's one tree that you just can't take the fruit of. There's just one tree you can't do. We see this principle before the law was even created, where God is saying you can have all this plentiful, all this increase. You can, you can provide for yourself. You can provide for Adam. You can provide for all these things, but there's one tree you can't touch. And of course, we know the story, right? We understand that. She touched the thing, the tree. She, she ate of the tree. But you realize that simply put, when she went to the tree that God said, don't touch that tree and eat of that fruit, Immediately, it began, it began a curse of our life and sin. When we obey God, when we obey God's increase in our life and we say, God, I'm submitting my heart. I'm submitting my life. I'm submitting all my ways to you. It, it is with, it, you your money's involved in that whole thing. 
But again, your heart has to be submitted. Your heart's got to be in the right place for this. And so we see those principles all the way back into the Garden of Eden. And into the New Testament, we see Jesus speaking of tithing in Matthew 23, 23. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Jesus here points out to the Pharisees that tithing should be done. But that tithing alone does not cover your relationship with God. You cannot pay your way out of sin. You cannot try to bribe God with giving back his own resources, right? There's a a twofold thing there, but you realize right there that tithing and giving back to the kingdom of God does not help you make it to heaven. There's a process. There's a part of things, right? But you realize that cannot get you out of sin. Some have tried to eliminate tithing and and still try to keep their relationship with God. You know, I have found I've had I've had several conversations in my in my life so far with people who are saying, I don't believe in tithing. I don't believe in giving back to God's house that way. And they would skip doing that and they start missing out on the blessings of God. I can say for myself that I have, I have tithed the, my entire adult life. I have given back to the kingdom of God with a cheerful heart. I've done all these things, right? If I just quit doing that, I would all of a sudden see the blessings of God leave that I've already, I'm kind of forgetting about. When you stop giving to God's house and you, start, and you stop giving tithes back to the house of God, there are blessings that take place in your life. You may not even think they're blessings right now, but once they're removed from your life, you realize quickly those were blessings from God. There was a covering over you. Tithing is not a designated amount. It is a, it is, is a proportionally designated amount. It's a 10%. Okay, so when you think about tithe, it's, the fir- it's, it's 10%, but it's not just 10%. It's the first, everyone say first. It is the first 10%. It's called the first fruits. 32 times in scripture, it's mentioned the first fruits. It's the 10th off the top. I'm going to read a, a lengthy passage of scripture in Deuteronomy 26 right here. And it says, and it shall be. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possesseth it, and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth which shalt thou bring of thy land, which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt go unto the priest that, that shall be in, this, in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto the country which the Lord sware unto our fathers for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with the few and became there a nation great mighty and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice. Are you grateful when the Lord hears our voice in the middle of affliction? Amen. In the middle of a trial, he hears our voice and he looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Everyone say mighty hand. And with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. 
I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. The tithe is, all, is, uh, is on all of our increase. It is the first fruits of our increase. Now, this is a conversation that I have had before. Do you tithe on birthday money? Do you tithe on gift cards? Right? I've had these, I've had these questions, these conversations before. Now, if you are looking at it biblically, which we should, it's about our increase. A $50 gift card to Applebee's is an increase in your life. And can I get an amen from someone? Right? And so I know you probably can't take that $50 gift card and say, hey, Brother Herbs, can you take five bucks off this deal before I go get a steak with my wife? He can't do that, right? But you can get $5 out of your bank account and do that yourself. You, get, you see what I'm saying? And so if you're looking at it biblically, an increase is simply an increase. Well, however it comes into your life, it is a blessing from God. And so I would say, yes, you should give a tithe of the increase in your birthday money your, and all these different things, right? I would say that because Scripture says that. Romans 11, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Honor the Lord with thy substance, what you have, and with the first fruits, the very first thing of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. It's not whatever you got left after you paid all of your bills. It is your first fruits of your increase. So the promise, here's the promise, here's the blessing of God. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. If you give according to scripture, God will never leave you out to dry. He will never forsake you in this manner. And so we have got to give God the finances right away correctly. It's the first thing you should consider before you start spending money on after you get paid on a Friday or whenever you get paid. Romans eleven sixteen says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. It's a very simple illustration for us to understand. If the first fruit is holy, the rest of it's going to be holy. God will bless everything. He will bless the entire sum of it, right? And if the root be holy, so are the branches. It will have a blessed life. Your finances can be blessed when you give according to Scripture. Amen? I'm going to have Macy and Shrek. Can you grab this table really quick and just put it right in front of here, please? Thank you. Give it up for my wonderful help. You guys can grab this table and just walk it right over here real quick. They're really willing. We talked about willingness tonight. There's not, Sister Macy here was not too willing to help me, but I'm going to give you, a, I'll cut you some slack right now. Uh, yeah, yep, right there. Perfect. And Sarai, I'm going to have you help me real quick. Can you put out nine green apples and put a, the red one over there? Just nice in a row, Okay. Thank you, but make sure it's 10 total. Nine and one. Nine and one. Yes. All right. While she's doing that. So we're, I have these apples here. We're going to have nine green apples. I picked a green apple for one. I like green apples, so I'm totally going to be you know, eating these after church. But anyways, what color is money? 
green. So I chose green apples to represent money, right? And so here we have nine green apples and the way life works, we read things left to right. So I'm left to right, you're looking at it backwards, but I'm looking at it correctly here. So let's just be clear, we're reading left to right. So here we go. So let's make sure we got this, ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Give it up for Soraya, give it up for Soraya. Thank you, Soraya. So when we're talking about our finances, so God is asking us to give our first fruit. Everyone say first fruit. So here, are, here is our income, and whatever this means in your life, that's what it means. This is 100% of your increase in your life. And God is saying, okay, uh, I, I have blessed you with all of these, all of this resource. I, I have blessed you with all these things, and here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you just to give me just, just this. I'm asking you to give me just this, and I will, I will allow you to spend all of this as a good steward of resources, but I'm going to allow you to pay your mortgage with this one. I'm going to let you pay for some lessons with this one. I'm going to fix your car with that one rolling. Pastor Cox, thank you. You can toss it back. Perfect. I'm going to allow you to pay your gas and your electricity with this one, and so forth, and so on, and so on, and so on. So he's asking you, you can do whatever you want with these nine, but I'm asking you for this one. Just give this back to the house of God. He wants you to give just this one portion back to the house of God. And now, let's be clear. I have four children, and I have a mortgage in my life. And when you have a mortgage, things break in your house. So the temptation is pretty simple. Let's see. Sean, come help me real quick. Are you good with the knife? Oh, he says no. John David, come up here. Give it up for John David. All right, that knife is sharp, okay? Where's your parents at? I'm, if he cuts himself, our insurance is paid up at the church, so we're going to be all right, okay? All right, so, but, you know, as a parent with four kids, and I have a mortgage, I have cars, things break down, life happens. The temptation is, is, you know what? Okay, I already have a mortgage paid with this. I have all my gas paid with this. I have all this stuff already covered with groceries. I have all this already spent, God. And you know what? Just this one time, I'm going to, Take a little slice right there. Just a nice, you, you, yeah, you, there you go, there you go. Then turn it back around. There you go, perfect. You say, okay, you know what, God? My, my car broke down, I needed some new tires, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a portion of my tithe that I, I, God, listen, I have tithed all year really well. God, you see my track record on tithing, but Lord, you, these are your resources, but I, I have to pay my car, but I, I have to pay for my car to get fixed, and so I'm going to just take this one little sliver and just kind of put it in my own pile here. It's going to be okay, God, and next thing you know, you know, once that happens and life happens and all oh, your water heater goes out, take a big chunk out of this one. Water heaters are expensive. There you go. You say, God, you know, I, I really appreciate all of these. I, I appreciate your resources, the overtime you gave me this week. I'm so grateful for the blessings here. But God, listen, I already have all of these things allocated. And so you know what, God? The water heater went out of my house. You know, God, listen, you know that time when you take, you know, the five loaves and two fish, you know, remember that time you blessed and took that? You can just take my six, my 6% now or my 4.5%. You can just multiply this. Make it 10%, God. That's our thinking at times. We say, God, we're in a really tough situation right now. And we say, God, you know what? Our water heater went out. Our, the brakes are out in our car. We got to get things fixed. And oh, man, a kid just fell down, busted their face. We're in the emergency room. And you know you're not paying less than 300 bucks for that, right? So take a chunk off this side here. 
right about there. Your kid's in the emergency room. You're trying to get things covered up, and you say, God, I listen, I appreciate you. you. You're the one who gave me these resources in the first place, so thank you for allowing me to pay my bill. And now it's Sunday morning, and we're saying, okay, God, take and multiply this now, God. You know, I know this is only 4%. I know it's only 3%, but God, you know where we're at right now. Because God, I have, you, you blessed me with the house, so I got to pay my mortgage. And you blessed me with all these different things. You, 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 you're, you're allowing me to pay for my groceries this month. I'm so grateful for that, God. But listen, you have to understand, you know, my kid got to the ER and uh, my water heater went out. And God, it's going to be okay. And so God, God, just take my humble offering. I give you willingly this 4%. I give you willingly this portion because God, I, I want to give back to the kingdom of God. And you say, oh, okay. This is what I can do. And before you know it, take one more chunk off that's the whole chunk right there. Yeah. Yeah, just be careful, okay? Okay. Oh, there we go. Right, so you have this, you have this whole offering, and you're saying, God, just take, take what I have, and Lord, I want you to multiply. I want to see all these ministries flourish, and I want to see our pastor blessed, and I want to see all these things going well. And God, just take whatever I have and whatever I can offer you, God. And here, God, here's what I have left. I paid all my, all my deals, so I have a roof over my head. I have resources. Thank you, you're good. Thank you. I have a, give him a hand, by the way. You say, God, I, I, I appreciate the blessings you've given in my, in my life. I'm so, I'm so grateful for my children and my marriage. and all. I'm so grateful for these things, but, you know, bills come up, God. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, God. Yep, 90% is what you let me use, but you want 10%. But, God, I just can't do that. And at times in our life, we can get that mentality and we say, God, I have all of these bills to pay. I got all of these things to take care of. And so God, just take what I have right here. Just take whatever I'm willing to give to you and God multiply and bless it. That is not how the Bible talks about your tithing. The Bible talks very clearly that if you will give the 10%, a whole 10%, that he will bless the 90%. The entire root, the entire, all the branches, everything will be blessed if you do this one thing correctly. And so I would submit to the church tonight that simply put, you can't afford to try to divvy up the 10% and keep it because you're missing on the 90% of blessing in your life if you try to hold on to just what you can hold on to. Right? If you say, God, listen, God, I really appreciate all these things, but I, I, I've done really good with my 90%. Hey, I gave to a charity here. I gave to one of the ministries here. I paid for this. I did whatever it is. But God, just take this tithe. You are missing out on a blessing from God on the 90%. And let me be very clear when I say this. What God can do with the remaining 90% is a whole lot more you can do with, with, with the 10% you're trying to keep or you're trying to take away from God. God can bless the 90% way more than what you can do with the 10%. Right? And so you say, okay, preacher, that sounds really good. You, that sounds really good that, you know, this, this is really good in theory. But how, how can you actually prove this? How can you actually prove this? Well, here we go. It's simple. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me. Now herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. It says to prove me, meaning God. I'm going to challenge the church body. If you have not given of your tithes before, 
try to prove God and say, God, I'm going to give you this whole 10% right here. The whole 10%. I'm going to see what you can do with the 90%. How will you trust God and say, God, I want to see what you can do in my fine. I want to see what you can do in my marriage. I want to see the blessings of God for my 90%. If I can just give the 10%, let's all stand across the house today. And let me just be very clear before I wrap up and I'm going to pass it back, back to Pastor Cox here. As a church, we should not be afraid to, to teach and preach about God's money because as God's already and we are following scripture, we know how this works. God is asking us to give him a tithe, a 10% of the first fruits. Because we already know if you try to pay all your bills and then try to do 10% at the end, a lot of times it doesn't add up right. But if you are willing to try and say, God, I'm going to trust you this paycheck. I'm going to trust you this month and say, God, I'm going to give you my 10% first. I want to see what you can do with the remaining 90%. I want to see if my bills can be covered with, with the, the remaining 90. I believe God can do that. I can tell you right now, I have been blessed by God as a person who has given his tithes and offering to the house of God. He has never left me. He has never forsaken me. I've always had enough for my family, for myself. He has always provided for me. And it's because I have given it with a willing and cheerful heart. Amen. God bless you. Pastor Cox, I'm going to have you come and close out the service today. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.